Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Today, you have a, an incredible privilege from hearing from somebody in our, well, we've already got drum rolls in the front row, let's go. Uh, the privilege is that you don't have to hear from me today. Uh, and the second privilege is that we've got some amazing people around this church that God has uniquely gifted to communicate the gospel. And uh, I think one of the greatest signs of a healthy church is when other people, not just a couple, not just an individual standing on a stage doing what God's called them to do, but when there's some depth in the team and people are walking out the call of God on their life. And I'm so excited uh, that you get to hear from one of our leaders today. Uh, many of you know her. She runs our uh, baptism area with her husband, Dylan, and uh, you've seen her many times on stage before, but you've probably never gotten to hear her communicate from her heart at this level. Uh, she's done it many times, just not in this house. This is the first time ever. So um, I want you to do me a huge favor. Would you stand to your feet? Would you welcome Jazzy as she comes to bring the word today. They love you. They love you. Stop it. Stop it. You don't even know if I'm going to do a good job yet. Oh, we know we are. I hear confidence in the room. It must be from my group. That must be what it's from, huh? Yeah. Get in a group. That way, whether you do good or not, you have people that applaud you. That's why I'm in a group. That's the only reason. No, I'm just kidding. That's not the only reason why. Uh, but good morning, afternoon, for those who are watching on the live stream, whenever you watch it. I mean, you might watch it 10 years from now. I don't know when you'll, if YouTube and like links are still a thing. <laughs> I don't know how technology works. So. As Tim said, my name is Jazzy. My husband Dylan and I run the baptism team, and it is such an honor to get to be here on stage um, talking with you guys today during this sermon series. The series that we are in is titled, Am I Going to Heaven? The fun question that keeps us all up at night. <laughs> but fear not, we're diving into ways that it doesn't keep you up at night, because you will know, right? It's great. So we are looking at the books of 1 John, Specifically, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, which reads this. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. That word know means to investigate. So the books of 1 John have given believers ways to investigate our faith. We can look at these books, check our lives, and see if we are living and believing in a way that is pointing to our eternity in heaven. And if not, we can redirect and get back on track. And Tim has shared this in a few different ways over the past few weeks. In week one, he talked about the difference between living in the light and living in the darkness. In week two, he taught on obedience, how we are not to just listen to the word of God, but also to obey it. In week three, he taught one of my favorite messages ever on the four different types of love in the Greek. And in week four, he talked about truth, how we have been anointed for truth, and that truth will set us free. And last week, he taught out of 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, where he talked about our identity as children of God, that we have a righteousness that we did not achieve, but we received it. You know, I got you. I got you. I was listening. You know, I couldn't remember that at first, but then I remembered it. I got it. It flows nice. Tim's good at that. Those little things that flow, he's good at that. So this week, we're going to be picking up where he left off after verse nine, starting in verse 10, talking about becoming the family of 
God, and more specifically, how we love one another. The chunk of scripture that we'll be out of, 1 John chapter 3, verses 10, 14 through 18, and they'll be on the screen. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Intense. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. And if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show this truth by our actions. If you're taking notes today, the title of today's message is Family Matters. For all of those who watched the 90s sitcom show, Family Matters. Thank you. All right. I'm glad some people knew. It's one of my favorite shows. Before we get into the word, let's um, and I pray first, okay? Lord, thank you for every person that is in this room and that will be tuning in to watch later. Um, I pray, even though, yes, I'm the one speaking, that it's not my words, but yours through me. I pray that hearts are ready to receive from you, ears are open to know your truth. I pray that people's faiths are renewed and people that don't know you will know you. Um, I thank you for being a good father and for uh, bringing us into this beautiful family. In your name we pray, amen. All right, who in here has more than five siblings? Raise your hand, I wanna see hands. Oh yeah, we have like two families specifically in here that are quite large. Uh, how many of you have more than seven siblings? Raise your hand. See, that's kind of how I get you beat a little bit. Okay, who has more than 10 siblings? Does anybody? Up top, how many siblings do you have? You have to yell. 11, give it up. but I beat you. So for those of you that don't know, I have 14, well, 13 siblings. There's 14 of us. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. We're not Mormon, um, nor were we raised Catholic. And no, they did not all come out of my beautiful mother sitting in the front row. She did not give birth to 14 children. She did give birth to five, but not 14. My family is a mix of full, half, and step-siblings, but in my family, we don't say that. In my family, it's just sibling. And I get told quite often that my family is a little unique because not only do all the siblings get along, but so do all of our parents. And it hasn't always been that way. It's taken some work, but we've managed to figure it out. When my dad started dating my second mom, Cheryl, I was not happy about it. She says, I don't remember this, so I don't completely believe her, but she says that when they told me they were gonna get married, I cried and was not happy about it. What I was happy about though, was that she had a son that was my age. They're gonna put a picture on the screen of me and my brother, Mikey. That's my brother. 
I always tell him he rides a motorcycle and I always tell him he looks like he should be on. What's that motorcycle show, Sons of Anarchy? Because he'll be in like leather and in a bike and he's like 6'2 and big and like a beard. So Mikey and I, like I said, we don't say step-siblings. So we get the added fun of talking about one another and then seeing people's faces when they realize we're not the same color. It's a lot of fun. Our parents got together when we were five and Mikey and I are only 10 months apart. So it was pretty easy to start building a relationship. We went to the same middle schools, the same high schools. We even graduated the same year and we turned the same age every year. And my brother has this tendency to be a little uh, wild. A few years ago, like in the past four years, our mom asked him to get rid of the spider webs that are above the front door at the porch. And he did so with aerosol spray and a lighter. He burned the webs, which we know because he, it got caught on the security camera. And my mom saw it. It's like, what are you thinking? And a few years, when we were really little, so more than a few years ago, uh, when we were really little, him and his friend were hopping the fence on the side of our house and they broke that little hose thingy, you know, the like metal thing that you stick the hose in, spigot, spigot, or spidget, spidget, yeah, that thing. What Tim said, the water thingy, y'all know what I'm talking about. So he broke that. And I don't know if he got caught or if my, he went and actually like told on himself, but my dad was so mad and he was screaming at Mikey and so, Jazzy, the superhero big sister, ran in and was like, Dad, it wasn't his fault. Um, I dared them to do it. I didn't do that. I lied. <laughs> I was like, but I dared them, so it's not really my fault. And my dad has this, um, um, one would say, flaw, where he doesn't know how to punish his daughters. <laughs> so he said, okay, well, just don't play dare anymore. And Mikey was like, for real? You just yelled at me? And all you said to her was, don't play dare? I think he's still mad about it, but... It's whatever, love you, Mikey. Uh, so even though my brother was a little bit and can still be of a wild child, um, I wanted to be his friend. And even though we're really different, as we've grown up, I've learned to love him. And you could not tell me that Mikey is not my brother. Blood would not change anything between us. Um, he has my back. He grew up with me. He makes me laugh almost more than anybody after my very funny husband, of course, who told me I had to say that in this message, <laughs> that I was not allowed to say that Mikey was funnier than him. So there's that, love you, Dill. Um, but yeah, Mikey's, he's my brother. I would, I would lay down my life for Mikey if it came to it. He's, he's my family. And if you're watching this, I love you. When I first read the book of 1 John, I immediately thought of my family. My siblings' ages range from 13 to 43. We're different races. We're born in different places. We have experienced vastly different things over the courses of our lives. We were raised by different parents, so some of us even have a lot of different values. And even though it hasn't always been easy, we've managed to be a family. We have figured out how to love one another. Because being born into a family take, is pretty easy but becoming family takes work. And we're gonna talk about that work today. We're gonna to go back to this chunk of scripture that I mentioned at the beginning, because what we see is John actually did us a huge favor in like six verses. He says, hey, this is another way to examine your faith. This is why you do this thing and how, 
And here's some ways to do it. It's literally like a $1 value menu where you can like get a you know, taste of everything for practically nothing. It's fantastic. Even though I'm vegan and organic, so I know nothing about any of that. The, chap- the verse we're going to read is 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. In verse 10, we see the past few weeks of sermons coming together. We've established, okay, living in the light, not living in the darkness. My identity is I'm a child of God. I have righteousness that I did not earn. It was freely given to me by the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Check, 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 good. Now, that puts me in the family of God. What does that look like? How do we do that? Well, we love because we were loved. Before we can even talk about loving someone else or even loving ourselves, the reality we need to encounter or remind ourselves of is that we have been loved. We are loved by a God who is not content with being distant from you. So he came as flesh and lived a sinless life. And then he died a horrific death and he rose again so that you could be made right with the Father. As we sang earlier, we serve a God who literally turns graves into gardens. And that is why we love. The gospel is why we love. Because Jesus loved us first. And I think we know that. I mean, we, we know that we're supposed to love and that we've been loved. But like, it's hard, right? (laughs) Especially because the love that John talks about is the agape love. And if you weren't here when Tim preached on the four loves or you need a refresher, agape love is the kind of love that God loves us with. It loves unto death. It's sacrificial. It's unconditional. And John is saying, as a family of God, we are expected to love one another like that. Um, But I don't know about you. Obviously, as I just explained, um, we have like a bunch of siblings, which means there was multiple divorces and sometimes it was a hot mess. So just like my family, the church is messy because people are messy. And John is saying, all those messy people that you don't look like or think like or agree like, you're supposed to love them like God loves you. And I think we, we know that, like we've been told that. It's, it's obvious, if someone said to you, is everybody in church perfect? You're like, no, cause I'm there, right? Like you know that not everybody in church is perfect and yet we still struggle to love. So why is that? I think the why we struggle to love one another is tied to how we love one another. So we're gonna go to verse 16, which says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. That's, um, I lost my spot. There we go, we got it, all right. So why we struggle? All right, we're gonna get back there. We got this, we're back on the train. The biggest enemy 
of family is forgetfulness. And this is why we struggle. Because you might find yourself falling into one or two camps of forgetfulness. First camp that I'm gonna chat at for a little bit is believers who struggle to love unbelievers. You go through scripts in your head about modesty when you see the new girl walk into church wearing a crop top. Um, hello, you're going to cause my husband to stumble. And did you see that other girl with all her tattoos? Does she not know that her body is a temple unto the Lord? And don't get me started on those sinners that go to clubs on Saturday nights when they should be resting up to go to church on Sunday. And my neighbor with that vulgar rap music, with all the cussing and fornication that I have to listen to when I'm in the secret place? Or my cousin who moved in with his girlfriend, not wife, I said girlfriend, yeah, not married, living in sin. Why are we so surprised and offended when people far from Jesus live like people far from Jesus? Don't you remember who you were when you first walked into church? The mess that you carried when you first met Christ? I remember. I remember what it was like to live in sin. I remember sleeping with my boyfriend and smoking weed and carrying so much guilt and shame that I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I remember knowing that I should be someone else but not knowing how to get there. I remember the hurt that I carried in my heart that practically buried me under its weight. And I remember meeting Jesus. I remember the first time the father called me his daughter, the way that his grace and his love and his mercy saw past my sin and saw me. I remember him telling me that I was a leader and that he gave me a purpose and that I was gonna speak to people on his behalf. He saw me hurt and broken and lost and he poured out his love on me. Because no matter what your past sin was or struggle, yeah, maybe it looks a little prettier than mine or some of the people sitting next to you, but don't get it twisted. <laughs> to God, it's the same. You are no better than anybody sitting to your left or to your right. Church, some of the people that walk in this room, that you live next door to, that you work with in offices, may never encounter Jesus. You might be the only Jesus they encounter. So are you going to remember what Christ did for you? How he picked you up? How he cleaned you off? How he made you right with the Father? Are you going to be a light that points people that are far from Jesus to life in Christ? Or are you going to keep forgetting? And my second bunch, I like saying bunch. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's a fun thing for me to say. For those believers that struggle to love other believers, who the scripture 
is specifically targeted to. I've noticed that we add all these do's and don'ts to our faiths that have nothing even to do with scripture. They're more like religion and tradition and I couldn't even find them in the Bible if I tried. If you have ever thought in your mind about another believer, they should know better. Or if they were a real Christian, insert here, then you might be in camp number two. And why do we do that? Why do we judge other believers' faith based off of, I don't know, who they vote for? Uh, If they protest or not? I don't know, maybe if they wear a mask or not? How they dress, what kind of music they listen to? Don't worry, I'll lighten it up. If you're a hippie Christian vegan like myself, you judge other believers that eat meat and don't recycle. Yeah, I'm talking about all of you. No, some of you recycle, but you still do eat meat. Um, I think the issue is, (laughs) I think the issue is the thoughts that we have in our mind of the they should know better if they were a real Christian. We say that about other people because we say it about ourselves. I've been in church my whole life. I know all the things I should do and I shouldn't do but I messed up, but I sinned again. How is God gonna give me grace again? I'm coming to him about the same thing I've come to him about 95 times. So we do that to each other. We don't think that God's grace can cover our sins, so we don't think it can cover yours either. But the fact of the matter is, that's not the gospel. The gospel was not true once on the day of your salvation, it's true every single day. You're not supposed to go to the cross once, you're supposed to go to it daily. There is a reason why scripture says that his mercies are new every morning because we need them every morning. Believers are not perfect, we just believe in a God who is. And yes, are there gonna be consequences for your sins? Sure. Should you have known better? Probably but God is a God of first and second and third and fourth and fifth chances. (laughs) Proverbs said that a righteous man might fall seven times, but he gets back up, get back up. That's all God is asking of you. If you're alive, hope is not lost yet. And I'm not saying that some of your judgments of other people's sins might not be, they might be correct. We are going through weeks of diving into ways to examine our faith right now on things that we are supposed to do and not to do. But those ways are not supposed to be used as arsenal to attack each other with. We're not in a competition. It, it, I don't win if you lose. We're in the same family. We're on the same team. What I'm asking you is, what does their sin do inside of you? Does it make you repulsed by them or does it make you intercede for them? Does it make you avoid them or does it make you find ways to serve them? Does it make you hate them or does it make you love them? Because church, this is not something we can be passive about. There are too too many things at stake if we do not love one another. If we don't love one another, we risk our salvation. 
We risk this family and we risk our witness because scripture says that God knows we're his children and living in the light because we love one another. We can't become family if we don't love one another. And in John 13, 35, it says for those, for the, you love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples, which means the way that we love one another is also how a lost and broken world finds life in Christ. We can't, we can differ on a lot of stuff. We can't differ on this. We can't differ on whether or not we love each other or not. It's not really a choice. And I'm gonna have the band come up as I share a few of those practical ways that John gives us on how, because now we know that we're called to, and we know that we love because Jesus loved us. But what does that look like? How do I love my fellow believer in church and outside of it? Verses 16 through 18 say, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Church, this love is sacrificial. As John says, loving your brother or sister might cost you financially. It might look like tithing giving a portion of your income to the church so the pastors can give it out to those that are in need. It might look like giving a little extra of your finances to someone in your circle who's going through a hard time. Yes, you might live off a little bit less when you're loving your brother or sister in Christ. But finances are not the only way that we show love with our actions. Love can be summed up in this question that you can ask yourself every day. Who can I serve today? Inside the church, it might look like being a part of the guest team, where you stand outside and you get to be the first face that someone sees when they are alone or new and have never been here before. You get to greet them with, with a smile under a mask and know their name. Let them know they belong here. It might be filling the atrium to celebrate with someone as they get water baptized. It might look like being on stage or being behind the scenes, just making sure the service goes well so that people can encounter life in Jesus. It might look like coming up to the altars after service to pray for someone. There are practical ways that in the house we can love and serve one another. But we can love other believers and the world outside of church too. And it can be not super spiritual. Like is your friend moving? help them sacrifice your Saturday and help them move. Maybe give up a free night of the week to host a group or to be a part of one or just to have dinner with another believer who is struggling and needs community. It's not super hard to do practical ways to love one another. And I know it can seem a little overwhelming or maybe even intimidating to think that God has called us to love one another the way that He loves us. 
guys, we can do it. We were made to do hard things. We were made to be in this family. So it does not matter the differences that we come into this room with. We're never gonna all look the same. In Revelations, when we get a glimpse of heaven, we see that there are people of different colors and traditional outfits and different languages spoken. There are gonna be vast differences between us, but our differences do not have to divide us. The fact that we can be different and still become family is what sets us apart. That's the light that we get to be. Love might mean giving up your right to be right. Setting aside those differences and serving one another. Because as I said, it's risky business if we don't. It's a heavy burden if we don't. And luckily, we have a father who did it first. God did it first and he does it now. He gave up his life for us. He loves us day in and day out. And that is how you do it. That's how you love the person sitting next to you that you don't completely agree with, that you don't always get along with. That's how you do it because of the gospel, because the world wants us to pick a side and to hate the other side. But we have to be aggressively opposed to living that way. We cannot allow this church, the church, to live that way. I refuse, and I hope you do too. I hope you refuse to hate and that you choose to love. And there might be some of you in this room who haven't even made the choice yet to know the God that I'm talking about. But I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. If everyone, would you close your eyes? If, you're, if this is you and you feel like you're making the decision today to follow Jesus, would you be bold enough to raise your hand so I can see who I'm praying with? Okay, thank you. All right, I see your hand. I wanna encourage you to do something right now. I'm not gonna give you a script to follow. Scripture says if we repent of our sins and believe that God came as Jesus, died and rose again and confess with our mouth, we can be set free. So right now, who raised their hands, I want you to think of what in your life you wanna ask for forgiveness for. I'm not gonna tell you what sin you're repenting of. Have that time with the Lord. You can tell him you're sorry for insert here. Maybe it's that you're sorry that you haven't loved people, but it's okay, you didn't know yet, you didn't know God. Tell him that you believe that he loves you like scripture says, that he loved you so much that he saw past your sin and he chose to live and die and live again for you so that you could be a part of this family.
and welcome to the family, because that's all it takes. And you belong here, and you are welcome here. But I'm not done yet. Now that they're in the family, now we're all family, so now I can all talk to you all like family. I wanna pray for you guys too, because I know it's hard. Like I said, I haven't always done, and I don't always do the best job at loving every one of you that are in this room. And so I know some of you struggle with it too. So Lord, I pray that you would help us be the church that you have created us to be. That we would be the hands and the feet and the arms of you on earth. That when people meet us inside of this church and outside of it, when they see what we post about, what we talk about, that they would see your love. I pray that if any of us have struggled with that hate that I talked about, not loving other unbelievers or believers, Lord, I pray that forgive us. We repent of the hate that we've carried in our heart towards the world or towards our brothers and sisters. Lord, fill us with your love so that we can love, so we can be the family of God that is so attractive. The world is hunting you down to know you because they see us. Lord, let us be your holy and spotless bride that can stand before the world and say, hey, guess what? There's a place for you here too. You can become family here too. Your family of origin might not be perfect and it might be messy, but don't worry, we're messy too. And we want you to be here. We want you to know our perfect and holy Father. Lord, thank you for being such a good Father. Thank you for the people that you called into your family today. And thank you for sustaining the rest of us that are in it. Thank you for being the way that we love every day, in and day out. In your name we pray, amen. If this was your first time making that decision, like I said, what's up, you my brother or sister now? And even if this wasn't the first time but you've made this decision, we would love you to fill out the card that's sitting next to you. If you've never filled it out and you've been here a million times, fill it out. We wanna connect with you, that's how we become family. We have a few different things here that we would love to get you plugged into. We have our First 40 group, which is for new believers. It's a way for you to learn some of the core values and beliefs of your faith. We believe the first 40 days of your faith are vital to learning this information. And not just because it's the area I run, but we wanna get you baptized. We wanna get you in the water, we have towels, we pray for you, we take pictures. I heard last uh, service that towels was a really great incentive to come and get baptized. And if you need prayer for anything, this is, if you're a 10 years of a believer or one day, we will have team come up to the front to pray for you. So before you leave here, get something you need a free gift at Connect, get some prayer, say hi to people, we got something for you. Become family. Love you guys, thank you. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we wanna pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, 
and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.